Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey listeners, and thank you for listening to the Leverbird Sailing Podcast. I appreciate you tuning in every week. And as usual, an extra special thank you to my Patreons who support the show over there on Patreon. If you like the show and want to help keep it going, check out the Patreon link in the description. Here's what's coming up next. I, I'm so glad we did it. I absolutely would not want to start over again tomorrow. And I don't know how long it would take me to forget yeah, like, and the rose-colored glasses to set in and I'd be ready <laughs> to do this all over again. I am really proud of what we've done here, but n- no way would I do this again. Welcome to the podcast. I am your host, Annika. On the Liveaboard Sailing Podcast, I chat with awesome people who live, work, and travel on their sailboats. My guests share inspiring stories and real-life advice about the lifestyle so that you and I can be better prepared for our sailing adventures. This week, we are going all in on both projects. My guests are Chris and Kelly from YouTube channel Sailing Adrift, and they have just recently completed a multi-year refit on their sailboats from the early 70s. In fact, at the time of recording, they were just one week away from splashing, and it was really great to chat with Chris and Kelly at this point in their journey. They had been working really, really hard to completely rebuild the boat, and by the way, they filmed the whole thing for YouTube. And they actually didn't have any sailing experience, so all this work was built on the idea that the sailing life will be as amazing as they think it is. So join us as we chat about how they survived the multi-year refit, what it entailed, and what's next. Here's my chat with Chris and Kelly from Sailing Adrift. So you guys bought a, what I would describe, a full-on project boat. So can you describe the condition of what the boat was in when you first uh, purchased it? 
It was in a lot better shape when we purchased it than when it ended up being when we started the refit. Because we bought it with, uh, you know, the previous owner had the intent of refitting it. So there were a lot of things that definitely needed to be redone. However, we made it a little more challenging for ourselves because we completely gutted everything instead of like restoring what was available. But we just wanted to make it our own. So we gutted everything and started from scratch. Yeah, I would say that um, it was definitely a project boat. The uh, previous owner had purchased it and he bought it on eBay and shipped it across the country to him. And he was slowly doing things, but at a speed that was not intended to get it done very quickly. I think his favorite thing to do was to go on, you know, like eBay and places and buy stuff for his new boat and his project, (laughs) but actually doing the work was not the highest of priorities. So when we got the boat, it was, um, it could have been easier on us, but it was in pieces. It was like buying a Lego set with no instructions. And like a lot of extra pieces. Yeah. <laughs> there was definitely multiples of this and multiples of that. And, you know, like receipts, no real notes. You know, like if if I had just suddenly died and you got onto my computer and you got onto my tablet, you would see just diagrams and notes and ideas and plans and all these different things. But for this guy, I don't know if that just wasn't a thing or if it was lost or what was going on. Yeah, but to get back to the core of your question, it was definitely a project boat. I um, just was looking around and found this thing. It was within my budget and it had a sound engine and it had a hole and it was a style of boat that was very comfortable for most people, especially, you know, like they say that ours is a uh, motor sailor with a pilot house. And if you've got a motor sailor with a pilot house, your living space is much more abundant than it would be on a typical 38-foot boat. So those were the things that drew me. I knew I would have the engine. I knew I had the hull. It was a strong, reliable um, builder. Um, Everything else we could take care of. At this point, we should also say, what is the boat that you have? Oh, I guess that's a good good idea. (laughs) So we have a 1972 Naughty Cat 38. And... uh, the funny thing about it is it's not technically a true naughty cat. Um, every time I uh, say that number out loud, people that know, which it's Very surprising, few. but it's still surprising because who the heck knows so much about boats? They're <laughs> like, oh, naughty cat didn't make a 38 foot in 1972. It was a uh, company that developed this design. I think it was Nelson. And then Nelson sold the plans in, to Naughty Cat in 1976. Like yeah. yeah, and then and then Naughty Cat started making them from then on. So the bones of the boat are virtually identical to the Naughty Cat 38, but it's technically a Nelson 38. So there was definitely no talk of the boat being on the water. Had it been on the hard for a while then? 10 years when we bought it. Yeah. 15 years when we splashed it. Um, so that'll tell you about how long ago we've had the boat. Yeah, and so when when we purchased the boat, uh, it was a, a wife that was selling the boat. Her husband had passed away, and she was finally ready to sell his project boat. And it had been sitting on stands in a little town called Coos Bay, Oregon, for about 10 years. And he had stopped working on it about two years prior to us buying it. All right, right. So it was definitely then a bit of a mystery boat too, uh, in that sense that you couldn't just ask like, oh, well, what was the point uh, with this? Uh, or what was the intention with this 
piece over here or anything like that. So that must have added quite a bit of um, work for you guys or creativity uh, or, or whatnot. But uh, maybe we back up a little bit. Like you said, you know, the the boat was in your budget. It had a great engine. Uh, but why did you buy a boat in the first place? Do you have a sailing background or what drew you to knowingly buying a project boat that you must have known would have take a while to to get going? I have always been a person that loves to um, develop new skills. Um, to be quite frank, I had a little bit of background working in, I had built out a couple of restaurants for myself. And I've always been a person that can just get in there and do things. University of YouTube has been a huge help. I don't think I could have taken on a project like this in 1986. One, I would have only been seven years old, so it would have been pretty ambitious. Yeah, the resources yeah. weren't available. You know, I don't think you just go down to the library and check out the How to Rebuild a Naughty Cat book. Yeah, that would be great if that were a thing. <laughs> yeah, but to answer your question, ah, oh, man, since I was a kid, I've always been kind of like drawn to the sea, as cliched as that sounds. I uh, Which is super weird because you grew up like in landlocked, field, landlocked. Right by Idaho. Yeah. <laughs> For those of you out of the country, Idaho is not anywhere near the ocean. No. I actually grew up on the coast around water and boats and things. And uh, the idea of doing this and living this lifestyle on a boat is I'm also very, very good sexy. at pers persuasion, I would say. Yeah. Okay. He is a master of persuasion. So, like, I've always sought out this nomad kind of van life lifestyle, small living. Like, I think it's – I just think that's me. That's That's who I am. When I was in high school, I subscribed to a magazine called Yachting Magazine, and all my friends made fun of me for two reasons. My yachting magazines and the fact that in the uh, late 90s, I was still listening to mid-80s music. Yeah, because what kid I've always in high had school the appeal. Just, like, subscribes to a magazine, one? Well, first two. of all, then, a lot of them <laughs> did, because he <laughs> didn't have resources like that. Kelly and I are 10 years oh, apart. Oh, yeah, I so should th mention that. We're 10 years <laughs> apart. Bring back to the question. Let me, let me refocus myself. So the idea of sailing has always really appealed to me. I uh, kind of put it on the back burner, but I've always been kind of this guy that I don't like to have the same nine to five. And I don't want to be that guy that says the same old cliches all the time, but it's true. Um, growing up, I've had several different jobs in several different fields. I've done fairly well at all of them, but never stuck with any of them. And so this idea of constant change and travel and seeing new things and going new places and experiencing new things is a huge appeal for me. And I think it is for Kelly too. And the, the sailing vessel is the best thing I can think of to be able to see all that. You know, if you get in a van, you're locked into that land mass. Uh, if you do any of the other kind of nomadic lifestyles, you're locked into that set. But like a sailboat, yes, you don't get to explore inland with your home, but you can get to those places a lot closer. And then if you really want to go into mainland Asia or whatever you want, you have that option. So for the two of us, uh, I've always been drawn to the ocean and water. But at the same time, it's not about the sailing. We're not sailing purists. We have absolutely no experience sailing. But this seems like the perfect way to experience this world, all the cultures, everything about it. 
is from from the deck of a sailboat. So it was really the idea of that sailing and traveling lifestyle and exploring faraway lands that has kept you going for the last few years. But let's get into the projects that you've done because you've referenced earlier, and I think it was five years that you've worked on the boat. So. I imagine you've done a thing or two on the boat, so let's not list all of them because we'd still be here next week. But uh, what were some of the biggest things and changes that you did on the boat? It sounded like you kind of gutted the whole thing. Yeah, we did. So the evolution of the project was we're going to buy this boat and we're going to fix it up. And there was lots of work to be done. It didn't have many of the systems, but it had the bones of the original boat in it. And... um well, I'll just interject here. It didn't have any of the systems that we thought we would need to be able to do what we're doing. Yeah, today. I mean, yeah. it did. It had the basic structure, but it needed a huge overhaul. The original All of the owner- navigation GPS stuff, like obviously that was dated. He bought like super old. It wasn't even installed. Yeah, it wasn't. It was definitely not installed. But he had purchased like several things that uh, you know maybe somebody else could use to refit what they were doing but that was not our game plan anyway continue yeah 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 so the the boat had all of all of the structure of it but none of the systems there was no plumbing there was no real electrical run it was a bunch of uh, cutoff things but we definitely expanded that project because we had the time uh we bought it five years ago and kind of tinkered with it the first couple of years. So we brought the boat to our driveway. This was 2019, and this is when we really got serious. There was no more puttering around. So if if you were to ask me how long the refoot took, that's when I would start the, the timer. We started the project in May of 2019, and so it's now September of 2022, and this is when I'd kind of say that we're getting to the point. Well, it's October, isn't it? Yeah, we're, it's October. Yeah, it's anyway, first today. So... <laughs> three-year refit. Um, and uh, I can tell you exactly how many hours I've worked each year because I started tracking all this because I knew I'd want to know. Uh, I have a little app on my phone where I would clock in and clock out just like a job. And uh, we got after it. We gutted the entire thing. I knew I had a couple of years. I knew we didn't have the time to leave yet. We had to plan for it. So we we originally set our departure date September, October of 2021. And then quickly realized that that was a pipe dream, <laughs> like like yeah. almost instantly. So then I bit the bullet because I've been champing at the bit this entire time to get out of here. Um, and we went ahead and, and pushed it back a year. And so because of that, I knew that I had the time, if I pushed it, to make this boat mine, to make it my way, not to use any of the old structure, not to use anything. We could completely gut it. And that is what we did. We started in the aft cabin. We completely gutted it. We rebuilt it. Then we went forward and did the V-berth and the salon area and the forward head. And then we finally ended up in the pilot house. Uh, It's right in the middle of the boat, kind of working our way from each end to the entrance. Mm -hmm. And we refitted the whole thing, putting in the systems, the electrical, the plumbing, the um, Mm -hmm. we redid the water tank. We did all the cabinetry, added things like a washer dryer, put the settees together the way we wanted them. Um, our complete aft cabin is nothing about this naughty cat. Would any naughty cat owner walk in and be like, oh, it's just like my boat, with the exception of the helm. Yeah. And w- what he's saying, too, is like we redid the layout, like the galley was down below in the salon area. We brought that up to the pilot house, which is kind of a big discussion point yeah. because not many people have a galley up at the highest point and 
doesn't work out for some people, but we feel like that is like the entertaining space, especially when we're moored or stopped somewhere. It's yeah. like, this is when where you're, people when you're, when you're sailing, that's such a small part of this cruising lifestyle as we know it. We've never done it, but that's what true. we hear <laughs> is that you don't spend a whole lot of your time sailing. So to build a boat Cooking. to sail, you absolutely have to pay attention to that. But the vast majority of your time is spent living in the space. So that's what we focused on with with a with a you know one toe left in the we've got to know how to sail this thing and it's got to be comfortable for that. Um, you know, we interviewed a bunch of people that have uh, pilot house boats and some of them have galleys up and some have galleys down. And we kind of just decided that this was the most comfortable way we could design the boat. But Kelly has a drafting background, so she was able to like roughly model the boat yeah i modeled the boat up in a 3d software that i use for work and so we were able to like conceptualize the space from tip to tip in like real scales and 3d so that was awesome to be able to see that and kind of walk through the space before we actually made any hard commitments yeah so it turned out to be a really rewarding experience for me it kept it kept me uh sated so that I wasn't, you know, continuing to push to leave. And I had this project and everything on a boat is a prototype, everything. So because nothing, you can't just buy, okay, I'm going to buy this. Um, what would be a good example of it? Like uh, all the cabinetry, all the little ideas I had, all the little detail work that I did, all of it was a prototype. So sometimes it worked out and sometimes it wouldn't. Like Latches. Latches. Well, well, the best one is we built the cabinetry in the galley and then, you know, I put the stove in and I put the gimbals in and I'm sitting there rocking the stove back and forth. And a friend of mine is like, oh, uh, does the, the door open? <laughs> the oven door. <laughs> yeah. So like I, I open the door and it goes clunk right into a cabinet, like two inches away. Yeah. Uh, you might've been able to stick your fingertips into the oven if you wanted to use it. <laughs> and so uh, it's just like a thing like that. Where, like, and then I, I go, well, that's a problem for another day. And then I, I yell at Kelly, who is forward in the boat. I'm like, Kelly, the oven door doesn't open. And she pops up and goes, well, that's a problem for another day. <laughs> it was literally the day we found this out was the day we were about to splash. And we were trying to get it on the trailer. And so we were loading everything heavy onto the boat that we couldn't possibly bring down the ramp or put in my car. And one of the things was the stove. And so we put the stove in and it fit perfectly. And we're all like, yay, for a second. And then tried to like use it basically. Yeah, but like... that just kind of illustrates the whole <laughs> idea of we had we had become so used to that, so yeah. used to well, this doesn't work. We yeah. got to re back to the drawing board That's that we true. both just kind of like shrug it off and kept going with our day. A hundred percent. It was just like okay, well, that's another thing in the bucket. Whatever, we'll get to it when we get to it. Because yeah, this has just been like on and on. That sounds like a great attitude that you guys have towards all of this. And, and that's probably very needed as well. I can tell that I am boat shopping right now. And the number of boats I see that are like half finished project boats <laughs> that are out there. It, there's a lot of them. You know, somebody like someone clearly had an idea, started working on a boat and then gave up halfway through it because they found it's just too overwhelming or or whatever. But it sounds like you guys are definitely well past that point. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. But there must have been something that took you by surprise in the whole refit and rebuilding of it all. Was there anything that was like, oh, wow, this is going to be way more work than we thought? You know, there was, but just to speak to that, like your, your comments, I think that like uh, one of the things that I would say is if you're planning on refitting a boat and if you want to take it and finish the project, have a clear outline, uh, you know, before you, before you screw in the first thing, because I think a lot of people that we've talked to, it's the same type of story. You get this person that really wants to refit a boat and then, so they go into the boat and they just, I'll do this project. I can do this. I do this project. I can do this. If you come up with your entire plan, and try to lay that out. And then we'll call it Chris's rule of five. Figure out how long it's going to take you and multiply that by five. None of this twice as long, three times as long. No, it's going to take you a lot of hours to do something like that. Um, so that that would be my advice to anyone that wants to take on a project like this. So you don't end up being one of those people that are selling a half-finished boat five years later. One thing that we struggled with was um, our solar arch. And it was really based on relying on other people completely. Yeah. It was based on relying on other people and other timelines to make that happen because like we had a design and then realized like, I, I don't have the knowledge. I'm not a structural engineer. I'm a drafter. Um, is this going to work? And so we sent it off to a couple people. Um, one guy we met on a Facebook forum was super helpful. His name's Lucas. And he was able to run some schematics for us and load calcs and figure out like, okay, this is what you need to make this work. Um, but that that did take a while to find that person. And then we had to have it fabricated. And that took like over a year to get well it done. Yeah. That wasn't really our project. That was outside of our hands. And it was more of a frustration on the, the it logistical was, but side. It, it just took forever. And I'm surprised it did. Well, like, let's take a minute and think about a project that, like, really got out of our hands fast. Oh, okay. So, one of the big ones for me was the engine. We purchased the boat. It had a brand, uh, a just rebuilt 115 horsepower engine in our engine room. And our engine room is pretty spacious, but it was just sitting down there on its mounts. It wasn't connected to anything. Uh, oh, it did have the shaft and the prop. So, that was all. The, the drivetrain was in, but the steering wasn't connected. The electrical wasn't connected. The uh, fuel lines weren't connection connected. And I started taking that on, and I quickly realized that the electrical was going to be a problem. Not to get too technical into this, let me let me see how I can phrase this so it's not boring to listen to. 
the entire wiring limb was homemade and not done well at all. So I had to find the original one and I found one in St. Thomas and had it shipped to us. It yeah. cost three times as much to get it as it did to like to purchase the product. And we got it. And it's like, has this been verified or tested? It just, well, to me, like this whole concept is foreign. Well, I knew so what I'm it was like, looking a- for and they pulled it off of a, a dead engine that okay. was just like ours. So- I was just like, we paid an arm and a leg for this and it shows up in a plastic bag and it's just a bunch of wires. Yeah. And, it's like a bundle and of wires and it was like, super wow, expensive and getting it here was super expensive. Yeah. So anyway, I was extremely intimidated by this. This is one of the things that I do is when I'm intimidated by a project, I just put it off. Like I'll just do something I'm not intimidated by. But, you know, like eventually we got to the point where like this has to get done. And this was about, oh, eight months ago when I started doing really like focusing on the engine and making sure that we had it to be sound so we could put it in the water. And I had to teach myself. You had to like, like learn what every wire did, what it went to. I am not mechanically inclined. I've never worked on cars, but I know now that most cars starters, uh, the wire that like starts the ignition is green and yellow. Just uh, the stupid crap like that. And it's different in every country too. That's just the US. But anyway, so so I had to completely teach myself how to do this. I had kicked the ball down the field for as long as I knew I could. And so I finally got in there and, you know, overall that was a very intimidating part of the process was to figure out the diesel engine connect the fuel, connect the wiring and things like that. You know, like all the cabinetry stuff, there's a lot of, there's literally blood and sweat in this boat. Definitely. But, yeah. uh, you know, like Kelly might've cried. I don't remember crying, but uh, <laughs> the blood and the sweat, I, you know, you sit there and you're, you're rubbing your knuckles on fiberglass while you're tightening this screw and you're just mm-hmm. like, you're, they start bleeding and you just don't care. <laughs> you just keep <laughs> just going. Like keep going yeah. yeah. It's, it's just uh it's been a lot of fun as a project, but when you get down to the nitty gritty, the like the daily life, it sucks. It, it really <laughs> does. Like, you know, like, yeah. I, 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 I'm so glad we did it. I absolutely would not want to start over again tomorrow. And I don't know how long it would take me to forget yeah, like, and the rose colored glasses to set in and I'd be ready <laughs> to do this all over again. I am really proud of what we've done here, but n- no way would I do this again. Yeah. Yeah. The idea of, you know, like, let's say someone's like, hey, here's a here's the keys to a brand new boat that's gorgeous and 52 feet and it's perfect in every way. I, I don't know if I could take it. I, I don't know either. I would have a really hard time letting go of this. Yeah. Because there's just like every detail we thought of, like, like literally there's like screws that were like this is the screw to use. Yeah. We got to switch to, we got to switch to a bronze a silicone bronze screw for this yeah. because it's going to be in a wet. Yeah. yeah. Just like dumb this, stuff like that. Everything I don't aesthetically think I give too this is like, up. we, we cherry picked every finish, every color, every detail. And it's like, so ours and so custom. I just, I would have a really hard time letting it go, especially knowing the amount of work that we both put into it. Yeah. I mean, you guys have already been on a journey with that boat without actually having gone sailing with it. So I can understand that. Like there's, you know, definitely uh, emotional attachment to the boat uh, throughout all these uh, huge projects and even just the time that you've had it. But I mean, that brings me to my, uh, to me to my next question. Like what is next? We just mentioned as we are recording this, it's October and uh, I believe your departure date is getting closer. This time <laughs> next week, we are supposedly supposed to be floating down the Columbia River headed towards the ocean. 
that would be it's October 8th. We're already late in the season to be departing from this far north. Um, the, the goal is to head down to San Diego as complete noobs and uh, participate in the Baja Ha Ha rally that takes everybody from San Diego to um, basically the, the gateway to the Sea of Cortez. So that's what's next. And we will probably spend at least a year in Mexico and uh, see where it goes from there. Like um, we do have some contingency plans. Like we're not being totally. We're not being stupid about it, but we're being a little stupid. It's about a little it. risky. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to lie. But, but that, that, that's the plan is to, to leave here next week and head south. And uh, we do have a buddy boat that's going with us right that has a right lot now. of uh, experience in this type of thing. Um, but beyond that, it's it's kind of just the classic go until it's not fun anymore and go see the world. Yeah, oh, for sure. And and that is quite the first trip to be going on. I've talked to a few people who've done the same trip, either from sort of Vancouver Island or from the Pacific Northwest to California. And uh, from what I gather, it's not particularly uh, easy or pleasant. How are you feeling about that? Um, you said you have a buddy boat uh, who are more experienced uh, to, that will go down with you? Yeah, Brent Brent is is the captain of the buddy boat, and he has been the most encouraging person that I've ever met. Most of the people, you tell what our plan is and our level of experience, and they basically look at you like you're a moron and kind of either quietly walk away or berate you. But Brent is so like uh he's just a cheerleader he's like dude sailing's not hard you just go and you know like if you can't make your boat move it just doesn't move and you turn the motor back on you know like he he's been so encouraging and the, the the micro plan for us is to uh the boat is at the end of this weekend should be sailable so we're going to spend this next week you know doing a little rough uh kind of run down sail out in the Columbia River and make sure all our systems work and make sure our engine's firing up. Um, very early on when we were moving the boat around, I quickly found out that I <laughs> wired the throttle backwards so that backwards was forwards and forwards was backwards. And that was quite a surprise in the middle of a marina when yeah, I'm trying to move the boat for the first time. How hairy and uh, just stressful that situation was in the moment because you're in the marina. So there's a lot of liability <laughs> there's a floating home community across the way and it was just like and i went to go forward and i went backwards yeah. <laughs> so anyway so that's been taken care of we need to find all those little uh details and correct them over the next week and just kind of come up with a major plan provision uh get the rest of our household in order and all of that stuff yeah. and then we get the we'll call it our kiddie pool, we're, we're definitely diving into the deep end. This is one of the hairiest coasts. Anytime you get this far north, your sailing is is can be really hairy fast. And we are definitely not, you know, bouncing around the Caribbean where, you know, the winds always come from the same direction and it's nice and 80 degrees and there's very little risk if it's not hurricane season. We're jumping down one of the hairier coasts in the world um, right off the bat. But we'll have the whole sail down the uh, Columbia River, which will take us about, it's about 100 nautical miles from here to the mouth of it. And then we will be extremely selective about when we leave mm -hmm. and, and when we decide, because the, the Columbia Bar, the Columbia River Bar is extremely treacherous under certain conditions. 
we want to go over it when it is perfect. Perfect. And yeah, we're motoring the whole way because there's no wind and it's slack tied. So there's no current and things like that. And, and we're not going to leave until we hit those conditions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then going down the, the uh, coast of Oregon, Washington, uh, Washington, Oregon and California, it, it's pretty hairy from here until you hit about San Francisco Bay. Yeah. And then it becomes a lot more consistent and, dare I say, easier. We're going to be, just be cautious because we don't have the experience and make sure that we get down there uh, as safely and as smartly as we can. Yeah, absolutely. And you have a network of people that you can rely on and ask advice from. So that's great as well. And uh, I mean, w- what are you looking forward to the most? I mean, this is kind of a lifestyle change or the point where everything changes for you, you know, you're going from not, you know, land to a boat, but then also leaving the United States eventually. Um, what are you looking forward to? I bet we have two very different answers <laughs> to this question. So I'll let, I'll let Kelly take the floor. You know, I was talking to my mom actually about this the other day is like, we've been so taxed that, and this whole dream has been going on for so long. Like we're three years into this current plan and to me, it just feels like normal. And like, this has been the plan and this is what we're doing. And, and there's no like real shock value to it anymore. It's just like, I know what's happening and I'm expecting it. But to a lot of people now that I'm like telling work that I'm leaving and I'm telling people I know in my life, like we're doing this, they're like, oh my God, that's crazy. And so it like brings up this whole surge of like, oh yeah, it is kind of crazy. And we are like uh, nervous and excited and, and like ready to do this. But, um, like right now too, wrapping up all this stuff, it's just, it's a very like mentally and physically taxing time. And I feel like once we go, we'll be like super excited and ready to go. But uh, there's a lot of stress right now. Having free time and being able to like explore and travel places. Um, we've gone on vacations. They always seem too short. Uh, it would just be nice to explore and not be on a time constraint and like really live the lifestyle in whatever community we're at and experience that for what it is. I'm looking forward to that. For me, I'm excited to see if I like what I think I'll like, (laughs) you know, like uh, this has all been this pie in the sky dream for so long. And I am so confident that I'm going to love sailing, but I also get motion sick super easy. Yeah. So I might, uh, yes, no, I was good on the cruise ship. We've taken one cruise. I hated it. I do not recommend zero stars. Uh, But uh, so I am, I am aspiring to be a real cruiser on my own sailboat Mm -hmm. and that whole lifestyle. I, I, I very much look forward to the sailing aspect. I look forward to the community. Uh, you know, everybody talks about how the cruising lifestyle is awesome. The best part about it is the people you meet when you're down there, you know, the local people, the people that are also cruising, the, the sense of community and camaraderie you get, you know, like you just, you're basically parking in a big lagoon full of your friends. And that just sounds awesome to me because, you know, as adults, we don't make friends like you do as a kid. You know, when you're a kid and you're on the playground and someone's doing something you want to do, you'll be like, hi, I'm Chris. Um, can I play with you? And they're like, sure, I'm Pete. Let's go down the slide. You know, that doesn't happen as an adult. You might find some friends at work. You might find some friends, you know, through uh, casual acquaintances, but they're fleeting and, you know, someone's lifestyle changes and you never see that person again. 
the I would say the thing that I'm most looking forward to is the entire idea of cruising. And I want to see if I love it. I want I want the new. I want the different. I want to be able to go into this town and compare it to the last one. And, you know, let's let's go on a street taco adventure and grab a bunch of people and go try all the tacos in town and see which ones are the best. And, uh, you know, spear fishing and fishing off while we're under sail and sailing and, uh, you know, sunsets and uh, the community and all these different things. I can't think of one thing I'm looking forward to the most. It's it's I'm worried the most that it's going to be the grass is greener type of scenario and it won't be this epic adventure that I hope it will be. But I have a strong feeling that it will. And I think that we're going to love it. And, you know, if we don't, we'll we'll make another plan. But you might see us out floating in 20 years because, you know, we catch the bug and we never let it go. Yeah, well, it sounds like, you know, the first step is kind of validating the dream. Just making sure, you know, you're finally living it. Like, is it actually what you thought it was going to be, which is such a fun process. And that would be exactly what I would do. Um, me as well, I'm boat shopping with very little sailing experience. So that I'm kind of going into it with the same kind of mindset. Like I'm building this all on an idea that I think it will be the perfect lifestyle, but I don't actually know that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like We'll let you know. <laughs> that is huge. Like with everything. Here's an we've... update. Chris is a used car salesman in Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, like he was saying before, everything that we've built on here is a prototype. And now that we're living in it, there are things that like, why did we do this this way? Why? Like this seemed like a good idea in theory, but um, it's not What would really that be like out. specifically? Where we put the Vesper. I keep saying that is like where we put the um, uh, communications radio. Oh, this I is, keep putting my this hand guy. into it as a balance point, and I feel like I'm just going to break it or knock it off the wall. But that was one thing. So we have a fancy VHF radio called the Vesper Cortex. Plug for them; they're awesome. Um, <laughs> and it is a. It's basically like a smartphone that you can also talk to the bridge coming up with. It, it is an awesome little piece of kit. And uh, the location of it, I think it's great. Kelly wants to grab there to let it, to help herself up the companion. I've way. almost broken it like two or three times. Well, now. just get used to it, babe. I'm, I'm That's gonna what's going to happen. Like you just, yeah. you just like your your brain will eventually tell you you can't put your hand here, and we'll just have to worry about guests aboard yeah. that knock it off, or the cutting board that you hit your head on. That's one thing. Well, I don't. I wouldn't change it though because it's so useful in the galley. I would just modify it to be more user friendly. Yeah. Um, yeah, we have this like raisable cutting board in our galley. It's hard to illustrate this in a podcast. It pops but... up over the companionway. So if you're, well, I'm not even tall. If you're in but... the galley, which is about two feet higher than the aft cabin, it's awesome. You can use it as a prep surface and things like that. If you're in the aft cabin and you're not paying attention and you go up the stairs, you bash your head on it. It sucks. That's when it's deployed. It folds away. And I think that part of it, Part of this whole living on a boat thing is just, like you said, like learning to be acclimated to a small space and maneuvering your body accordingly. Like you just, you get used to it. So eventually we'll get used to it. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad that I caught you in this moment in time because it's rare that I get to talk to someone in this space when so close to departure and you're just about to step on us. So I think it's such an exciting Face to be in. So, where can people go and follow you, given that you are literally taking the first steps on your sailing adventure? Yeah, we've kind of uh, documented the whole process on YouTube. So, that would probably be the easiest way to see all the 
the goofiness and the the things that we've done over the last couple of years. Uh, our channel is called Sailing Adrift. Other than that, uh, Kelly is in charge of it because I don't Insta Twitter. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, YouTube is definitely the most um, current, up to date, and consistent. Um, with our updates. I will shout out to Kelly. Like in this whole process, I've been the guy that's working on the boat. Kelly's been the person that's in charge of, of like these videos. I love making them, but she has such a discipline and she has put a video out every week for two and a half years without fail, like every week. And I kind of just viewed it as like, Hey, let's make videos and throw them up there when we're ready for them. And she's like, I, I, I want to tell a story. Let's let's make this a saga of what we've gone through and, yeah. and start from here and keep going. And, and there's, there's weeks where it's hard. You've got so much going on just recently. You know, like I, our last few videos have been kind of short. And, and at this point, you know, and it's kind of wild, we're not a huge channel, but we've developed people that are like out there waiting for the next video to come out. And it's so flattering when you have someone be like, oh, you know, like that was awesome. And I love your videos. And I can't, and Kelly just doesn't want to let him down. So she puts a video out and it <laughs> might be five people. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's like a eight minute video out there. And I'm like, oh, it's kind of short. I like my YouTube videos about 16, 18 minutes long, Kelly. Cause I watch a lot of them too. Yeah. And, and she's like, Hey man, this is what I can put out this week. <laughs> yeah. Shut up and just deal, <laughs> deal with, with it. it. Cause we both, I don't know if we've ever really stated this, but we both have full-time jobs and the boat project is also a full-time job. And there's been a lot of late nights and I would consider like, you know, to be like a full part-time job. Um, not so much anymore. I guess in the beginning there was a lot like learning curve. Well, okay, you got to film. And, you got to like but, edit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're filming and the editing. Probably takes you at least 20 hours a week. As you know, editing takes a long time. So you can find us on YouTube, <laughs> Sailing Adrift. <laughs> <laughs> that is the perfect soundbite. <laughs> Oh, no, but seriously, Chris and Kelly, thank you so much for sharing your uh, a little bit about your journey uh, with me today. Yeah, it was our pleasure. Thanks for letting yeah, thanks us, for uh, us come you know, blather on about what we've been up to. I hope you had fun listening to this entertaining couple. And if you are in the middle of an extended boat project, just keep going. You'll get there. I wanted to briefly mention that the podcast website is up and running and there you'll find the episode listed by season and also by topic. So if you are looking for all the episodes about the cost of cruising or sailing families or expert advice, go check out liverboardsailingpodcast.com and there you'll find all the episodes neatly organized. Next week, it's time for the last episode of this season and this year. So stay tuned. Bye for now. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.